a new series, and I uh, hope you'll be with us for the next four weeks because we're going to get out of the baby pool, all right? We're going to go into the deep end, and uh, I believe God wants us to go deeper, but what does that mean? You know, it, it can mean different things for different people, and we're going to take a look at four different aspects from the scriptures uh, about how we can deepen our faith, we can deepen our walk. And uh, so I want to encourage you as your pastor to be here for the next four weekends. And I know for some that can be a challenge because of work schedules and different things like that. But if at all possible to be here, and of course, if, un, if it's impossible, you can always listen to the podcast. And uh, here's what we found out uh, recently, that thousands of people uh, check us out online. And uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's humbling as well. And, and we know that as we enhance that online experience that we have the potential of impacting even more and more people. And so uh, thank you for your help in making that happen. But over these next four weeks, uh, we're, we're going to go into the deep end. We're going to go a, a little bit deeper dive with God and, and, and just in what we can experience with Him. So today... Uh, we're going to start there. We're going to start with experiencing God, encountering God. And wherever people encounter Jesus, he brings power. You, you can't have Jesus on the scene and not have power. Wherever Jesus went, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, the Bible says, for God was with him. He had the power to change lives. And how many know he still has that power today to do miracles, healing, signs and wonders, and, and, and he performs the miraculous. So we're going to look in a few moments to Luke 19, or excuse me, Luke 18. And there's a story there in Luke 18 that we'll refer to, and it'll help us. So you, if you have a Bible, you can stick your finger there or hold your place if you got the U version and uh, hold your place. But we're going to look at a couple other scriptures and just kind of set this up and let us know. This is throughout the Bible, uh, what we're going to talk about today, this principle of encountering God in his power. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 10. In verse 1, and when he had called, this is Jesus, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them what? Power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Jesus gave power, gave authority to those followers, and they went out and did the works of Jesus, exactly how Jesus did, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, bringing the presence of Jesus. See, we're not here today just to tell a nice Jesus story. We're not here just to discuss a nice parable of Jesus that would help us to be better people if we would apply it. We're not just here to go through uh, the, the motions of religion. As a matter of fact, uh, a lot of people say, well, aren't all religions alike? And, and I want to say, no. No. 
They're not all like, uh, somebody said, maybe you've heard this, well, they all kind of wind up in the same place. No. No, there's one that's different. There's one where the leader of that religion claims to have died and rose from the dead. Only one. Only one faith, only one religion claims that. And that is Christianity as we know it. It's the Jesus of the Bible. And so there's a distinct difference. And and here's what the Bible says. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. His power lives in you. Look at what Paul said in Ephesians. Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesian church about 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus. So some of those apostles that Jesus commissioned with authority and power, they're already dead. They've already been martyred, and they're dead and buried. And now Paul talks to the believers 30 years after Jesus' resurrection. Here's what he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is a prayer, and I tell you, I pray this over you today, that the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I, I pray that God does that for you today, that God does that each and every week, that he does it daily even. The eyes of your understanding to be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his what? Power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And as a result, we cannot be the same. We we can't just come together and tell nice stories about Jesus and, and go back home. Now, I don't understand everything. You may be in this shape where you say, I don't understand all the Bible, but what I do understand is the God of the Bible has changed my life completely. Would would that be you? And, And so God is able, even though we don't understand everything, we can press on in into deeper things in God. And here's how Jesus put it. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That's our theme verse around here. That Jesus didn't come to bring you rituals or religion or religiosity, but he came that you might have life and have it to the full. And so I believe that every person in this house today deserves the everything God has, that, that God has to offer, and, and that we should encounter all of who God is. Does that sound all right? That, how many want that today? So here's what it is. We need power, not just words. We need experience 
not just explanations. We need presence, not just practice. And to break the spiritual strongholds that I believe exist, and they are the explanation. When you look around in the world and you say, why did that happen? How could something like that happen? How, that is so evil. I just can't believe, let me tell you something here. I've got an explanation for you. There are strongholds. There's an enemy. And to break the enemy strongholds in our life requires the power of Jesus. When you accept Jesus, though, when, when you pray a prayer, and I hope some of you do that today, when, when you pray a prayer and accept Jesus into your life and, and you believe for him to be your Savior, that's not all there is. See, God has more for you. As a matter of fact, I believe God's so expansive, so amazing, that I just keep experiencing him. I believe however long I live that I'll never tap into all that God is. Does that make sense? That God's so incredible, so marvelous, so magnificent that, that I'll just keep growing in him. And I also want you to know that I'm not up here today just because of training where I've been taught how to communicate or I've been taught how to speak and, and, and share things. That is not the reason I am up here today. I want you to know that it's much like Paul said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. I didn't come with eloquence. I, what I came to you with is the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God working in my life. And, and so I want that for you. I want you to encounter God in all of his fullness. I want you to experience everything God has to offer. That, that you wouldn't live your life and, and fail to experience everything you could have experienced. Uh, you talk about a bucket list. You know, you, you may not achieve all your bucket list. You may not jump out of a plane or whatever that you've got uh, crazy in your head that you need to do before you die. Uh, but I'll give you the best bucket list I know is just experience everything God has. Why don't you just try that one? Just experience everything God has. Because here's what I know. If you will, your life will never be the same again. It'll never, ever be the same again. See, too many of us read the Bible and it's kind of like a, like a brochure for Hawaii. You know, it's like, oh, that's nice. That's so nice. That looks so nice. Oh, that would have been nice. Wouldn't it have been nice to have been there? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? But I'll never go there. I, you know, I can't live like that all the time or whatever. And, and all, when we look at a brochure like that, I'm telling you, when you look at the Bible, I want you to know you can live there. I said you can live there. I want you to know you can experience everything that God talks about that you can experience. You can experience everything that God has to offer. And, and 
You'll want to experience everything God has to offer if your teenager starts going crazy, all right? Oh, you'll, you'll start coming to church. You'll start praying. You'll start reading the Bible. Uh, if, you, if your marriage starts to crumble, you, all of a sudden, you'll have time for church. All of a sudden, you'll, you'll be seeking God. All of a sudden, if you get addicted to a substance and you can't break the habit, you can't get free from it, and it's destroying your life, how many know you, you want a church where they have prayer partners down front at the end of the service so you can have prayer to break the strongholds over your life and to be set free by the power of God, right? You, when you get the right diagnosis from the doctor, and all of a sudden, you'll want everything that God has. And it won't matter if you got to raise your hands to get it or whatever you got to do. How many know you, you never knew you'd do stuff that you're doing now uh, a few years ago, but you start seeking after God and stopped worrying about what people say and start worrying about what God says, right? Are you with me today? Because let me, let me tell you something. God still does miracles today. He does. And, and there are people in this church, there are people who have had babies in the last few years that were not supposed to have babies. Here's a good part. They wanted to have babies. That, that was good. It wasn't people who didn't want them. They wanted them. And, 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 and they weren't able to have them but all of a sudden, they were. And there have been people who have been healed of diseases. There have been people who miraculously, their lives have been impacted by God. There are people who have been addicted to crack cocaine and nothing else could help and nothing else could set them free, but God's mighty power has set them free from crack addiction. There are people in this church who have not drank a drop of alcohol now in decades because of God's mighty power working in their life. If you're happy about that, give God praise for a little bit right there. So today, today we're going to pray for miracles. I've been praying this week that God would just show up today and that you would have a true encounter with God this morning. So at the end of this service, don't you... Rush out because we're, we're going we're gonna to allow God to move and touch our lives and have a real supernatural encounter with God. And by the way, that's why, that's why you ought to be here every week. Because you just never know what week God's going to touch your life and what week God's going to manifest his presence. All right, let's look at Luke chapter 18. And uh, if you've already found your place, you can read along. Otherwise, we'll have it on the screen. Here's what it says. Then it happened. As he, Jesus, was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he can't see, and, and so he hears all this commotion, and he wonders what's going on, and he asks what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those 
who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But look at what this guy does. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded for him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him a question, saying, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. The same people that were persecuting him are now praising with him. How many know people can be fickle? So you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. So we're going to talk about five things that will help prepare us for an encounter with the living God. Five things that I see in this story that maybe you need to apply into your life today. Here's the first one, if you're taking notes, is you need to be passionate. This guy was passionate. I mean, he goes into the deep waters. He, he just begins shouting for Jesus to come, for Jesus' attention to be drawn to him. And, and passion stirs faith. See, when we seek God with all our heart, all of a sudden it begins to stir faith in our lives. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah says that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? all of your heart. I wonder how much this week you've done that. You know, did, did you seek God with all your heart this week? Or, or did you seek after success, maybe a little bit more, as the world defines it? Or seek after money, or seek after promotion, or seek after a relationship? What were you diligent or passionate about this week? Now, none of those things are necessarily wrong, but I'm talking about priorities. What, what was your priority this week? What was the real passion of your life? You know, was it seeking after God and having an encounter with him? See, I think at some point in your life, you, you just need to do a cannonball. You know what I'm talking about? How many remember your first cannonball? You know, just jumping in like, ah. I remember always wanting to do one of those. You know, and, and just, you know, lining up and doing that because I wanted to make a splash. How many are with me? Just, you know, splash a bunch of people didn't want to get splashed, you know, and and, and things like that. And, and I remember a bunch of us lining up on the side of the pool. Let's see if we can just get a tidal wave going, you know. Let's see if we can knock that person off their floaty over there, you know. And, and, and you know, and we would we'd just jump in. And, and uh, you know, it was exciting. It was thrilling. To do. And I'm telling you, 
You can spend your whole life in safe Christianity. You can spend your whole life in just churchiness. Just going to church and trying to be a good person. And I'm not knocking. I hope you are a good person, especially if I bump into you somewhere, if I need to get out in traffic or whatever like that. I hope you're a nice person. But God has so much more for us than that. Jesus died on the cross for more than that. You know, it's kind of like I, I love sports. I, I love go to sporting events. And I'm telling you, if I go to a sporting event, I'm all in. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I, I'll come away hoarse and whatever, you know, I'll scream my head. I love the Colts. I mean, with me. You know, if I get invited to a Colts game, you get tickets at the 50-yard line or somewhere you want to take your pastor and whatever and be blessed for your rest of your life or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, if, if I'm there, I, I'm going to get excited and whatever and cheer. But, but here, here's the problem is I'm not going to get get excited for guys who don't even know me and not be excited over the one who created me. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, if I'm going to get excited, if I'm going to give praise, I mean, I can't be silent for the one who died on the cross for me. And he paid for my my ticket into heaven. And let me tell you something. You didn't, you didn't pay for that seat. Right? We can just do a little comparison about ball games and, and here today. You didn't pay for that. That was a free seat. You got free coffee. You pay $5 at least for that coffee. You pay $5 for that cookie. Right? Each. At the ball game. And, and you got all that free. And I'm telling you, we serve a Savior who freely died so that you and I might live. What? We've got it messed up if Sunday afternoon we think that's the time to shout. Sunday afternoon's the time to get all rowdy. That's the time to raise the roof. But Sunday morning, we ought to be quiet. I'm telling you, it's all distorted. It's all confused. It's all misguided. Because if I'm going to get excited, the one that's worth getting excited about is right here, right now, on Sunday morning. Oh, come on. Praise him for a little bit right there. Just... And he, here's, here's the next thing, is they told him, hey, be quiet. Maybe they've told you that. Maybe some people, that, you get a little rowdy, a little excited. See, some of the people in your row today that you look around and you see them getting excited and you see them raising their hands, maybe jumping up and down a little bit, and you think, well, boy, that, that's a little crazy in church, you know, and all. Let me tell you something. You don't know the drugs that they've been set free from. You don't know the alcoholism that's been broken in their life. You don't know the addictions. You don't know the heartbreak that God's brought them through. You don't know the miry clay that God has sucked and pulled them out of and established them upon the rock. It's no wonder they get excited, right? 
No wonder. Because this guy, I love this guy. I love him. Because they told him, be quiet. Look what he did. He got louder. <laughs> he just shouted all the more. And, and see, we, we need to be persistent in our faith. We need to be persistent. God calls for us to have persistence. There's a story here in the beginning of Luke chapter 18 where Jesus tells this story. And he says there was this unjust judge. And sometimes Jesus would juxtapose uh, situations, kind of give a a distorted story so that he could illustrate something in the positive. And he does that with the story. He says, there was an unjust judge who didn't fear God and he didn't care about people. But this widow had been abused and she wanted justice. And so she came to him and asked for justice. And he's like, I don't care about God. And I don't care about people, so I don't care about you. But the Bible says, Jesus tells a story, he says, but she just kept coming back. She just kept coming. Have you ever had people in your life like that? They just won't let it go. Just will not let it go. You're like, let it go. No, I'm not going to let it go. And, and this woman just wouldn't let it go. And so she just, and Jesus says, so finally... The guy who was an unjust judge, didn't care, uh, didn't fear God, didn't care about people. Finally, he gave the woman what she wanted just to get rid of her. And Jesus says, now, your father's not like that. He's not an unjust judge. So how much more, how much more will your heavenly father Give to his children who cry out to him day and night. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't give up. Don't give up quick. Don't give in. There are plenty of people who want to shut you down. The devil will see to it that you have people in your life that you'll, and you'll even hear his little whiny voice from the pit of hell that says, you know, just quit. Just quit praying. God's not going to do that. That's not going to happen for you. You just shut up. You just sit back down. Get your hands down. Quit praising so loud and all. People think you're crazy and whatever. He'll do stuff like that. And let me tell you something. This guy would not have received his miracle if he paid more attention to his Twitter feed and what people thought about him online and what people were saying about him. Instead, he thought more about what God would do and what he can do in his life. And I'm telling you, there are people here today, you need to worry more, not about what people say, but what does God say? Yeah. See, God's looking for people who won't give up. And it doesn't matter. See, see, God's looking for some people here today that it doesn't matter if he does it today or he does it tonight or he does it tomorrow or he does it next Wednesday or he does it a month from Wednesday or he does it a year from Wednesday because it doesn't make any difference, devil. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep praying and keep trusting, keep believing until I see the miracle happen. 
You gotta be persistent. Here's the next thing is you gotta be precise. Jesus, I love this, he insisted that the guy say what he wanted. Now, to me, it's like obvious. It's like, duh. This dude's blind, and he's begging. He can't make a living. A poor guy, obviously, he needs healing. But Jesus says, "Mm, no, let him say that. And it's amazing to me how God wants us to talk. In James chapter 4, James is the brother of Jesus. He grew up with Jesus and then later became a follower of Jesus when he rose from the dead, because that would do it for me. <laughs> if your brother pulled that off, you know, that would, that would, okay, I guess you're not just, you know, telling me stuff. I guess you are uh, the son of God. And, and so James, James chapter 4, verse 2, he talks about how that, You do not have because you do not ask. You're not specific. I wonder how many of us have such a lame prayer life where it's kind of like, Lord, bless my cornflakes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, and that's the earth-shattering, moving, God-fearing prayer of the day, you know. Or, Lord, we lay down to sleep. Give us good sleep. And it's just generic prayers. And, and here's, here's the thing I think about that is, is that can be kind of dangerous when you say, oh, God, bless. Bless our family today and thank you for it. Amen. What, what's a blessing look like? Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe you're saying, Lord, we need a good challenge because That'll really get us going. Is that what you're praying? Probably not. You're probably insinuating, God, help our day to go so smooth. We just make more money. We just live a good life. We stay well. We, stay, we don't have any sickness. We don't get any disease or whatever. God, help us to always have more and more and more and more and more. Bless us. But, but when you're not specific, maybe God says, well, your greatest blessing would be for you to lose your job. There we go. You ever thought about that? And so I, I think it's important that he asked this guy specific, specifically, what do you want me to do? Because I can do anything. I can do anything. So what do you want me to do? And I think today, God's looking for some people who will move beyond little mamby-pamby prayers. They'll move beyond, now I lay me down to sleep. They'll move beyond, God, we thank you for this food. Uh, you know, bless, bless it, Lord. And God says, I can't bless that. You should have ordered something different. You know, <laughs> you should have asked me for wisdom before you ordered that. But, but anyway, uh, you know. <laughs> All right, so, so God can bless us indeed, and listen, here's what we need to do, is we need to specifically ask. And so this week I've been thinking, God, how can we move beyond selfish prayers and ask specific faith-like prayers? And, And so I was thinking about how many people maybe could be reached in this church in the next few weeks leading up to Easter? And I wanted to say a little number that I knew we could hit. And then I thought, that's not a faith number. And so then I 
I, I wrote down 50. And I said, God, help us to reach 50 people in the next few weeks who do not know you, who don't know why you came. They don't know you came that they might have life and that they could have it to the full. And so God helped Crossroads Church to reach 50 people who are lost today, who will be found in the next few weeks. And I wonder today, how many would join me in that daring faith prayer that's more than just about you and yours, but it's looking out the windows to those who don't have so that they can have an encounter with the living God. Come here with me. You'll pray. And, and I believe, are you getting this today? I, I believe if we'll get this, God will do big things because he did something big in this guy. Here's the next thing. Is he, he says to the guy, your faith has healed you, not mine. See, if it was up to God, everybody would be healed. But he says, your faith has made you well. And so the fourth thing you need to write down is to be positive. You need to be a person of faith, to have confidence in God. Mark 11, verse 24, says this. Whatever you ask for in prayer, look at this. Believe that you've what? You have received it, and it will be yours. In other words, before it even comes, you're like, it's coming. You're just believing. I, I may not be healed today, but I'm likely to be healed tomorrow. Or it could happen before tonight, because any moment in time, God's able to do it. And I just believe and trust him to do it. See, th this, this guy had the confidence and expectancy and faith, and it was an, a whole different attitude. Where's your attitude today? Are you trusting, believing? Are you still as just full of faith as you were five months ago when you were asking for that? Are you trusting just as much as you were five years ago? Even more? Here's the next one. Is that guy began to praise. He began to praise. So you need to be praiseful. Be passionate, be persistent, be precise, be positive. And the last thing this guy was is he was praiseful. The man praised God. And listen, the same people who were putting him down earlier are now praising God with him. See, it, that's how it works, isn't it? Because people are fickle, Right? And so you, you can't keep your eyes on people because I know there are people who say, well, you know, I was in church once and there were just a bunch of hypocrites there which should have made you feel right at home <laughs> because we're all on a journey. Hello? I, I don't know about you, but I'm not the perfect pastor. Are you the perfect person? I'm not going to get perfect till I get to heaven. How about you? And, and let me just announce something. If you are perfect, you're going to be uncomfortable here. Okay? Because we're a church full of imperfect people. This guy, he, he has 
he, he doesn't focus on what people are up to and what they're doing. He just begins to praise God and begins to worship God and reminded me of the story that's in the very chapter before this in chapter 17, uh, verse 11. That on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee and he was going into a village and 10 men had leprosy and they met him and they stood at a distance, which they were supposed to do, but they called out in a loud voice, kind of like this guy did, who was blind. And they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And look at this. As they went, they were healed. See, there's sometimes when you're just not healed in the prayer line. Okay? There's sometimes, now I don't know about you, but I just soon God do it right here. But there's sometimes when you get prayed over and, and, and they just say, I heard an old preacher say, we, we anoint you till, till your head's slick with oil, you know, <laughs> and, and still go out and not receive your healing. But as they went, the Bible says, that takes faith. That takes faith. Because as they went, see, sometimes you, you may come down for prayer. You may come down today, and I hope instantly, I pray instantaneously, immediately you receive healing, that you receive a miracle, that God, you know at that moment you've had an encounter with God. But sometimes that's not how God works. Sometimes it's as they went, they were healed. And look what happened. One of them came back. Because when he saw he was healed, he says, oh, praise God. And he fell at Jesus' feet, and he began to praise God. And Jesus said, uh, weren't there ten? Where are the nine? Has only one returned to give God praise, just this foreigner? And, and then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, I don't know what happened to the other nine. But what I do know is, is this guy got in on an extra blessing because he was full of praise. How many of you, you'll take all the extra blessing you can get, right? And if praise brings it into my life, I'm going to praise him then. I'm, I'm going to keep on praising him. And, and I'll tell you what the highest praise is, is when you praise before it happens, when you praise before the breakthrough, when you praise before it, it manifests and you see it. I was thinking in this message this week, I was, I was just you know, studying, thinking it over in my head, and it, and it made me think about playing pool. Have you ever had that happen? <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't just rabbit, you know, or squirrel or something. You know, it, it, I, I thought about how when I, I've shot pool, maybe you've played eight ball, and you get down to the last ball, and it's the eight ball. And, you know, you've shot in all your, your solids or your stripes. And now, now, you can't just put the eight ball in one of the holes on the table. You, you've got to call it. And you've got to say, okay, it's going in the far right corner hole in the pocket. And if it doesn't go in that pocket then it doesn't count, right? Because you, you got to call it ahead of time. And it made me think about how that's kind of how faith works. Faith says, it's going to happen, and I believe it. 
and I declare it, that it will happen. I will see this in my life. If you want a biblical illustration of this, look at David and Goliath. Anybody remember that story? And when you read that story, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine bad-mouthing and bashing the Lord God? And they said, uh, he's nine feet tall. That's who he is. And David said, well, I don't care. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And he, you, you don't get away with mouthing off like that against our God. And, and so David goes on out there. I'll just speed up the story. And here, here's where the point I want you to get is he says to Goliath what's going to happen. He says, I want you to know what's getting ready to happen. This is fixing to happen. All right? This is getting ready to happen right here. I'm getting ready to knock you down. That's going to happen. And then after that, I'm going to cut your head off. And then after that, we're going to kill all these Philistines, and we're going to feed their flesh to the birds. The ground's just going to be covered with bodies here in just a few moments. And then the Bible says David picked up some stones and ran at him. And guess what happened? It happened just like David said it would. I wonder today, what are you declaring by faith? My daughter will come back to Jesus. My son will come home. He will break the addiction over drugs. He will succeed in life. I will bring back my business. I will have my health restored again. I will be well and declare the praises of him who is awesome in this place. I will be free of all of this bondage in my life. It's just a matter of time. If it's not now, it could be tonight or tomorrow, but I know that my redeemer lives and I will see him in his power so I want you today to get ready for your miracle to declare it to believe it because God is a God of encounter let's pray father we thank you this morning that you desire to do something great in our lives because wherever you are, your power is. God, we believe you're in this place to do something in us this morning. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, sometimes I get sidetracked by stuff, by things. But what I really need more than anything else is encountering God every day. And I want my faith to soar. I want to believe him for signs, wonders, miracles in my life. I want to see God do what he's done before. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to see God show up in my life, in my home, my family. I want to see 
the works of God accomplished through my life. I want to see God in his glory and power manifesting through my life. If that's your desire more than anything else today and it's ignited in you, will you just reach, reach a hand toward heaven and say, I want all God has for me. I want everything that he has. You just reach it up high and say, oh God, touch me today. Fill me today. Give me all that you have. Father in heaven, you see every hand that's raised to you. And I pray you'll fill every vessel, you'll fill every person, you'll fill every life. God, that you will come in the power of your spirit, that you will do miracles in this house today. Let people receive healing. Let people receive miracles. Let people receive according to their faith, God. May our faith reach out to you and may we declare it and praise you even before it happens. And Father, we expect great things to happen not just today but every day as we seek after you with all of our hearts maybe you're here this morning others of you there were some in the first service and maybe this is you in this service that you need the greatest miracle that I know of the greatest miracle I know of is that God would forgive my sin that God would write my name down in heaven's book, that God would make a place for me in heaven, a heaven I don't deserve. And he would do that because of his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness. And if you need the greatest miracle that I know of, if you're here today and you need forgiveness, you need a relationship with God, you need to be restored to him. I believe God's been waiting for this moment. He's ready to do that in your life here today. Will you just raise a hand and say, yes, it's me. That's me. I, I need him. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. How many others that you're here to? Yes, you need God's great miracle. He's getting ready to forgive. He's getting ready to restore. Over here, God bless you. Up there, God bless you. All over this room, down here, God bless you. There's hands all over this room. There are people going to have a new experience with God today. God's about ready to forgive, wash the slate clean, write new names down in heaven's book. God's about ready to make all things new in your life today. Let's pray together, church family. Nobody prays alone. Let's all pray together. And let's just reach our voice up to God. Just say, dear heavenly father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to pay for my sin. And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So come in today and wash it all away. Forgive me of my guilt. Give me a new name. Write it down in heaven. Get my place ready. I want to live with you and live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's praise God. For